grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. to our first lesson from Isaiah chapter 35, beginning at verse 1. The wilderness and the desert will be glad. The wasteland of Arabah will rejoice and blossom like a crocus. It will bloom lavishly, and there will be great joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. It will be excellent like Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make the shaky knees steady. Tell those who have a fearful heart, be strong. Do not be afraid. Look, your God will come with vengeance. With God's own retribution, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unplugged. The crippled will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. Waters will flow in the wilderness, and streams in the wasteland. The burning sand will become a pool, and in the thirsty ground there will be springs of water. There will be grass, reeds, and rushes where the haunts of jackals once lay. A highway will be there, a road that will be called the holy way. The impure will not walk there. It will be reserved for those who walk in that holy way. Wicked fools will not wander onto it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious animal go up to it. They will not be there found, but only the redeemed will walk there. Then those ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with a joyful shout, and everlasting joy will crown their heads. Happiness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. The word of the Lord. Our second reading is taken from the letter of James, chapter 5, beginning at verse 7. Therefore, brothers, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the valuable harvest from the ground, patiently waiting for it until it receives the early and late rain? You be patient too. Strengthen your hearts because the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain about one another, brothers, so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge is standing at the door. Brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering with patient endurance. See, we consider those who endured to be blessed. You have heard of the patient endurance of Job and have seen what the Lord did in the end, because the Lord is especially compassionate and merciful. The word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, beginning at the second verse. These words serve as the basis for our sermon this morning. While John was in prison, he heard about the things Christ was doing.
he sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? Jesus answered them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. As these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No. Those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Amen, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11 beginning at verse 2. I'd like to read these words once more. While John was in prison, he heard about the things Christ was doing. He sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? Jesus answered them, Go, report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. As these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Amen, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, happy birthday, Jesus. Many see that as Christmas is a celebration of, of Jesus' birthday. And even some will have like a birthday cake on Christmas Eve and even Christmas Day. And, and even though I can honestly say I'm certainly in favor of eating a good Christmas birthday cake. But we haven't necessarily practiced that here. Putting the emphasis simply on happy birthday Jesus. I'm not saying there's something wrong with it, and I'm not saying we couldn't do it, but I've always seen Christmas as more than just gathering together to say, Happy Birthday, Jesus. And I base
place that on this very text before us as John the Baptist himself inquired more about Jesus. We're told that John was in prison. John the Baptist was in prison because he had spoken against King Herod. King Herod had taken his brother's wife, Philip, as his very own wife. And in so doing, he was really committing adultery. Philip was still alive. Simply just take his brother's wife as his own, and his brother cannot have any say in the matter? Well, John had some say, and he spoke up against it. This was not God's holy will. Marriage is instituted by the Lord. Oh, God makes it very clear that marriage is between one man and one woman committed to live together for life. What King Herod was doing was sinful. It was wrong. It was appalling. He was to be an example to the people, and he brought shame. King Herod wanted John the Baptist silenced, and so he threw him in prison. And while John is in prison, he now asks two of his disciples to go to Jesus with this question. Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? These words seem strange. Why would John dare to even speak these words? Some believe that because John is asking this and sending his two disciples that maybe he's doing it for the two disciples. They were struggling in their faith, so he sent them with, with this question so that they would hear the answer from Jesus himself. Perhaps they weren't listening to him. Or could it be that John had some doubt? Especially when I hear of Jesus explaining to the disciples, those two disciples, and giving them an answer and telling them, go back to tell John, I can't help but wonder that John struggled with some doubt as he sat in prison. Well, I'm not talking about the kind of doubt where he just blatantly was giving up his faith in Christ Jesus, but he was struggling in that faith. He needed an answer, or better yet, he needed to be assured of the answer. Keep in mind, this is John the Baptist, who was called by God himself to be the forerunner of Christ. It was John the Baptist who actually quoted Old Testament scripture, pointing to the fact that he was fulfilling his role as the forerunner. This is the very John the Baptist who said to two of his disciples, Andrew and John, who later will become apostles of Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the very John the Baptist that was asked by Jesus to baptize him. And this is the very John the Baptist who saw the heavens open and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, dove coming upon Jesus, and he heard the words from the cloud from God the Father, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. But John is doubting. 
again, it doesn't make any sense. But clearly, like us all, we too always need to hear that assurance. We hear, need to hear that divine truth over and over again. And notice how Jesus answered. He didn't just say, yes, I am. He answered this way instead. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. So he reminded the disciples to tell John, look at all the miracles that he was performing. Those miracles were signs. They were like big billboards. Those miracles were pointing to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. For in order for our Savior to be the Messiah, to be the Christ, the Anointed One, as proclaimed and foretold in the Old Testament, he had to be the one who is the Son of God, who took on human flesh to be the Son of Man, so that he could suffer on the cross and pay for our sins, that he could keep that law perfectly, and with that perfect sacrifice, win for us that forgiveness of sins and the hope of everlasting life. This is the Savior we need. And pointing to all his miracles was emphasizing over and over and over again that he is the Son of God, the true Messiah, the true Savior of the world. But there's more. For we just read from Isaiah 35. And from there we hear about the Messiah. That the blind will receive sight. The deaf will hear, the mute will speak. When Jesus used these specific words, he's referring to the Old Testament. He's fulfilling these prophecies. I heard it once described as, think of them like fingerprints. And Jesus matched those fingerprints perfectly. There was no doubt, there was no more questions. There was no more debating. The answer was very, very clear. Yes, he is the one to come and did come. He is truly the Savior of the world. Happy birthday, Jesus. No, Christmas is far more than that. Christmas is celebrating the true Messiah, the true Savior. He's not one among many. He's not another one that is coming. He is the true Messiah, the very one taught and, and, and declared in his holy word. We are worshiping the right Savior. We are holding to that very name that is above every name, for there is no other name that can save us. This is why we gather together to give praise to the one and only Savior, for any other Savior is clearly a fake and a fraud. For any other Savior could never win for you heaven. Only the true one. And Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. And it was the very Messiah himself that spoke about John. He spoke that John was 
among those born of women as, as being the great, greatest. In fact, he, after the disciples were leaving, he said to the crowd that was with him, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Now, usually you go and hear a prophet, but instead he's emphasizing, what did you see when you went out there? Remember, John was wearing camel's hair as clothing, and, and, and he had a belt around his waist. This, he was eating locusts and wild honey, living off the land. People were coming out from Jerusalem, no, a, quite a considerable distance, to come and hear him preach. What were you going out there for? A reed swayed by the wind? If you take these words literally, were he out there to go and check out the vegetation? If you take it more spiritually, were you going out there to hear a person that can either, with his teaching, be swayed one way or another? Blown by every wind of teaching that is out there? Is that what you went out to see? Did you go out because you wanted to see a person in fine clothing? No, fine clothing is not the dress for a wilderness. No, that's the kind of clothing that's found in a palace. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Absolutely a prophet. And a prophet that is like no other. And yet, Jesus makes this important point. Whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Once again, sounds very strange. What is Jesus talking about here? Some take these words as the one who is least in the kingdom as Christ himself, Jesus himself. And he is certainly greater than John the Baptist. If you are one, and that's what I take it as, if you take these words as least in the kingdom of heaven is referring to children. It's oftentimes used that way. And it was oftentimes used that way by Jesus himself. Then how can a little child even be greater than John the Baptist, whom Jesus said that among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist? Well, keep in mind that John the Baptist is the last of the Old Testament prophets. But unlike all the other Old Testament prophets, John preached at the time when Jesus was walking on the earth. He got to see Jesus. He got to hear from Jesus. He pointed people to Jesus. He's a prophet that had the privilege to actually see the prophecies of old fulfilled. And yet John, who was beheaded by King Herod, did not see Jesus die on the cross. He did not see Jesus rise from the dead. He did not see Jesus ascend into heaven with the promise that he will return on the last day with the holy angels in all his glory to separate the believers from the unbelievers and to take the believers to the glories of heaven. But a little child who knows 
solstice? A little child who has taken this to heart and believed it with that childlike faith of simple trust and confidence is greater than even John the Baptist who believed it from a distance. My dear friends, you and I are dearly blessed. We look forward to Jesus coming again on the last day, but until he comes, let us admit we are truly blessed to hear that all that Christ has done for us, we do not gather because we simply say, happy birthday, Jesus. We gather together rejoicing that this very Savior, this very God, the Son of God is the very one who had a purpose and plan for John the Baptist who carried out his work faithfully. He had to be strengthened by that holy word is the same God through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts by his holy word, the gospel, who has a plan and purpose for each and every one of us. And we too, like John, need to be assured over and over again that Jesus is truly the Messiah. And what a privilege it is to let one's light shine, or better yet, to let the light of Christ shine in everything we do say and think with before everyone we meet. For he is truly the Savior of the world. This, my friends, is the greatest gift that could ever be given. Yesterday we had Christmas for kids, and I asked the kids if, uh, what was your favorite present you ever received? Now, these kids are young. They haven't had that many Christmases. And one said he got his switch. He got his little game system that he loved to play with. A couple said, oh, we got a trampoline. And I'm thinking of a great big trampoline outside. No, this is a little one where you jump in the house. And I'm thinking, that can't be safe. But they love it. They love it. And another one said, a favorite dress that they received one time. They love to wear it because they feel special. And then I asked them, but what is the greatest gift? And they got quiet. But we don't have to be quiet. We know the greatest gift. You might have all kinds of favorite ones, but nothing compares to the greatest one. Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem, the true Messiah. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salem.org. 
E-V-L-U-T-H-E-R-A-N dot O-R-G. May God bless you today and every day.